Welcome once again to 20 Minute Topic, I'm Marcus Stead and I'm joined as usual by veteran campaigner and blogger Greg Lance Watkins. This week we are debunking the theory of man-made climate change. Climate change in itself is undeniable, it's been going on for as long as the earth has existed, but to say mankind is responsible is to rely on very wobbly science. We also discuss how vulnerable teenager Greta Thunberg is being exploited and manipulated by people to further this toxic agenda. There are three phrases that get alarm bells ringing in my mind. The first one is since records began, that phrase we hear time and time again. I found out that Met Office records began in 1861. That is no time at all. That is the click of a finger in terms of the history of the world. The second phrase that gets the alarm bells ringing is the majority of scientists agree because scientists are funded and scientists who reach inconvenient conclusions have their funding cut. Some scientists who reach convenient conclusions get more funding. The third phrase that not only gets alarm bells ringing, but I find highly offensive, is the phrase climate change deniers. Because that use of the word deniers has connotations with the abhorrent Holocaust denial. And I notice Alistair Campbell in particular uses the phrase climate change deniers. And he's gone further. He said on social media that it should be a criminal offence to deny climate change and people should be prosecuted for doing so. Is, Alistair Campbell is offensive in his own right. It doesn't really seem to matter what subject. Hmm. Um, I would agree with you. Uh, climate change deniers, I think, is the one that is the most risible. Um, I wouldn't dream of denying there's climate change. We've had, I think it's 29 ice ages uh, that's a bit of a change. Where I live, uh, in the Forest of Dean, in the last Ice Age, was one mile under the ice. Um, so it's very hard to deny climate change. Um, we don't have many woolly mammoths wandering around um, because they died out um, because... It, it ended up getting too warm for them. Um, you cross the Severn Bridge and you'll see a red band in the cliffs at Ost, and that was when Britain was in a desert area. Uh, of course, there's climate change. There's been probably the greatest um, constant on our planet is climate change. It's constantly changing. We've had four and a half billion years of climate change. We've had periods when it has rained for 10,000 years. Mankind came along 800,000 years ago. So we have very little input to climate change. Climate change is undeniably driven by the sun and its fluctuations of output of radiation, which equate 
at the moment to approximately the equivalent of one a one kilowatt fire per square meter on the planet which is why the second the sun goes below the horizon there is an immediate and perceivable drop in temperature the sun does have rather a large influence the other thing that has a huge influence is plate tectonics that red band on the cliffs at ost was when britain was located approximately on the equator but because of continental drift of plate tectonics because of pangaea as one formation of the landmass and gondwana as another landmass formation and the modern drift that has moved south america and america from roughly lining up with africa and opening out to form the atlantic ocean between the two pieces of land that were at one time actually the same piece of land there has been climate change because of volcanic action on top of that there has been huge climate change because naturally through periods of history there have been great outpourings of magma from the on the surface of the planet thought to have gone on for possibly as long as 20,000 years across the siberian gats there's been climate change right Mankind. okay on, on that basis we have seen how this agenda of climate change um goes through the schools um the way the bbc pushes this agenda particularly reporters like roger harabin for example read the book of the former newsreader and question time host peter sissons he's he's particularly critical of the way the bbc has handled climate change and particularly roger harabin's reports um, but we also see how careers at the BBC have been ended for coming to inconvenient conclusions on this. Uh, David Bellamy, Johnny Ball, Julian Pettifer, your friend Robin Page, um, and people like another friend of yours, Christopher Booker, who wrote um, a book called The Real Global Warming Disaster, where he went into a lot of depth about the false narrative. He was never invited on to discuss these issues on the BBC, as far as I'm aware. And on on the periphery of the mainstream media, there are certain individuals who deserve credit for discussing these things properly. Um, on talk radio, for example, Julia Hartley Brewer asks sensible questions. So does the mid-morning presenter Mike Graham. He recently had Jeremy Corbyn's brother Piers Corbyn on there to discuss it, and Mike Graham is suitably cynical. I've been a guest on Mike's programme in the past as well, not to discuss that, but I've been on there. So there are peripheral figures in the media who are addressing things properly. Why do you think the mainstream media and the government are so keen on pushing this agenda that is based on such dodgy, wobbly science? The reason I want to know the reason why they are doing it. Is it to do with taxation, dare I say? It's something even more fundamental than taxation. 
if you cannot make the people you are attempting to govern frightened of something, you cannot govern them. Because the process of government is the pretense that you are providing them with group care, either as a nation or through their health service or through protecting their borders. And if you don't do these things, you can't make them pay taxes. They must be seen to be doing it. Plus, you have to keep huge numbers and ever greater nowadays in that we send all sorts of people who aren't really in need of university education to university to get a university education that there really isn't much use for. Uh, um, yes, but that, that is partly to do with keeping youth unemployment looking artificially low. Piers Corbyn made a very good point when he appeared on Mike Graham's show just a few weeks ago when he pointed out that the big oil companies and the big governments who are pushing this climate change agenda are actually on the same side. And it does seem clear to me that these multi-billion dollar oil companies, and the lobbyists who are lobbying the governments, they are on the same side and people are getting very wealthy through pushing this pseudoscience. Oh, it's a multi, multi, multi-billion pound a year business pushing this pseudoscience. Um, right down to the fact that, as Christopher Pukas worked out meticulously and then pointed out that the climate, British climate change bill in, in Britain is the most expensive bill in terms of cost to the nation that has ever been raised. And if we actually carry it forward, it will totally bankrupt Britain. Well, there's already signs of this, aren't there? We think about power stations like Didcot B, for example, um, a power station that had many, many years of life left in it was demolished to um, fulfil an EU climate quota target. Uh, we're seeing every single energy bill in the country has a climate change levy on it. Well, that was, I believe, Ed Miliband's policy when he was ed uh, energy secretary in Gordon Brown's government. Well, if that's yep. not harming people on low incomes and people on pensions, then I don't know what is. Um, so there's this agenda, and it's all about... Yes, the multi-billion dollar energy companies, petrol companies, you name it, are making money from this, but you believe it's also about controlling individuals. Indeed, um, as you pointed out, everybody pays a levy on their, their power bills. Mm -hmm. um, we are sold this fatuous line that um, we must look at the energy-saving of what are called green options for power. If solar panels are a green option for power, why do they require some of the rarest commodities on the planet to make them? And why are they unrecyclable and almost impossible to dispose of when they die and 
What is green about a wind turbine which requires 250 litres of oil to function? And now I see because wind power is so grossly inefficient, and bear in mind you have to turn on your nuclear power stations if you're going to rely on wind for when the wind lulls to make sure that you can pr provide continuous electricity. And so you're running both systems when you could just be running the nuclear system. Yes, and this brings me on to the issue of the, the, the reality that these wind turbines do incredible damage to wildlife. And the damage they do to, to rare birds of prey and so forth is horrendous. And I've seen some truly dreadful pictures of what they can do. But I think we have to be very careful when talking about the, the bogus theory of man-made climate change. And there's no doubt in my mind that it is bogus. Not to confuse it with the issue of plastic pollution. I don't believe in pouring, uh, putting plastic it in the oceans. Any, all pollution hmm. is bad. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with climate change. Yes, I, I know, I know. But it's it's important not to confuse the two because they are separate issues and should be treated as such. The other point I would make is that if, even if every word of the climate change theory was true, it's not, but if it was, then we are a tiny dot in the world. And when you look at what is going on in China and India and elsewhere in the world, they're building coal-fired power stations, they're doing all sorts of things that go against this agenda because they want to improve their standard of living, then it does seem as though we're cutting off our noses to spite our face by damaging ourselves both economically and in terms of being able to heat our homes and light our homes to, to fulfil this dogma, if you like. But I want to move on now to this issue of this um, this young girl from Sweden, Greta Thunberg. Uh, we've seen lots of her on the news recently. She became a star, when was it, late last year or early, early this year, whenever it was. And I'm afraid, I'm not going to mince my words on this, I believe young Greta is the victim of child abuse. And I don't use that term lightly. And I'm going to quote to you something now, something her mother wrote when Greta was 11 years old. And, and here's what she had to say at the time. Greta is 11 years old and has gone two months without eating. Her heart rate and blood pressure show clear signs of starvation. She has stopped speaking to anyone but her parents and her younger sister, Beata. After years of depression, eating disorders and anxiety attacks, she finally receives a medical diagnosis, Asperger's syndrome, high-functioning autism and OCD. She also suffers from selective mutism, which explains why she sometimes can't speak to anyone outside her closest family. And that's the end of the quote, but that just goes to show that this is a, a very, not troubled young girl, but somebody in need of special care and attention, vulnerable person. She is being exploited and that is downright wrong it's obscene um and she is being denied any form of childhood uh, she is uh, increasingly noticeably a complete basket case it is a unfortunate um that she is uh, a child with mental health issues that are serious and consequential um, any child which at 11 um, is denying itself food um, 
can't for a moment have a clue which way's up, leave alone lecturing people on a subject she knows absolutely nothing about mm. climate change. And the cultists are using her and abusing her. She is a vulnerable child being brainwashed and exploited to further other people's political aims. And do you know what? I think back to the EU referendum. Can you just imagine for a moment, uh, you and I were both Leave campaigners. Can you imagine just for a moment that if we had got a similar person with similar problems young and used them as our poster girl, the condemnation we would receive would be absolutely enormous and rightly so. We didn't do that. Most of us wouldn't dream of doing that. I think it is disgusting to use somebody as vulnerable as she is who should really be with her family and receiving professional care and be left to enjoy a private life to grow up as best she can with the problems and the issues she has. To put her in the global spotlight to further this cultism I think is utterly abhorrent. They have turned her into the modern version of Chucky, a young girl who is unusual in appearance, unusual in behaviour, and slightly freaky. How sad, and how revolting of her parents and those who are exploiting her. And to see people like Corbyn sitting, talking with her, in, where she is in some sort of advisory capacity shows just how bloody reprehensibly dishonest and corrupt politicians are. They will latch on to anything to get a vote. We have identified the pseudoscience behind it. I would recommend Christopher Booker's book, The Real Global Warming Disaster, um, can you point people in any in a direction of any other literature if they want to swat up on this stuff and get some real truth on this agenda? Um, there are some very good cross-references in Christopher's book, uh, which you can buy second-hand um, through Amazon uh, for a very low cost. Hmm. Um, it has a number of cross-references. Um, there is an Australian who Christopher quotes, who, as I recall, was Professor Pilmer, um, who uh, has also written extensively on it. Um, also, the climate change dossier uh, that was supposed to convince us all, that was produced by um, the United Nations, uh, was the most appalling piece of utterly corrupt dishonesty. Um, some measure of that will be that one of the pr great promoters of it, Al Gore, um, perhaps you'd like to see the huge motor vessel that he lives on, on a lake, to assess just exactly what he actually does for climate. Perhaps when you think that uh, to take Davos um, where they discussed world climate change, 1,700 private jets flew in to that conference this year. 
and yet they lecture other people on how they should travel. 1,700 private jets. My thanks as always to Greg and my thanks to you for listening. We'd welcome your ideas and suggestions for future topics in our series of 20-minute topic podcasts. So if you've got any suggestions, do feel free to send me a tweet at Marcus Stead. I look forward to hearing from you. And join us again next week where we'll be discussing another topic. Thank you for listening.